Yo, what's going on? Here we are, one day before the launch of Morning Hustlers 2.0. A lot of work has gone into it. Didn't think that much work was going to go into it. And I um, I feel like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders. I got my systems built out for it. Of course, going to tweak it a little bit more as I go along. But most of the heavy work is done for this funnel. Biggest thing is just bringing in droves of traffic there. Whew. Man. Man, oh man, oh man. You, this morning, I I got up, I did my morning hustlers call, did my yoga, and I thought, okay, it's time to focus. It's crunch time. Let's make it happen. I tend to perform really well under pressure, like really, really well. Like last year, Oh my God. Well, last year I was working as a membership director, which is like the very bottom of salespeople. Like that's when that's like entry level salesperson at LA fitness. And on the weekends at LA fitness, we like, so we have two managers. I have a manager that is a manager of the club. And then I have an assistant general manager and we had to hit a certain number of sales every single day, Monday through Sunday, because we had a goal to hit for the month. We had a quota, right? Now, we were responsible for making the same amount of numbers on the weekends as we were during the week. However, this is actually really strange, but on the weekends, people don't like to go to the gym. That's like their off days, their off time, and they're like, nope, don't want to go to the gym, put in that work. So it's more challenging to get people in the door, and during the week, my regular manager will be there. On the weekends, we had our assistant general manager. He was the leader, and we had to listen to what he had to say. Now, my assistant general manager was really going through some stuff in his life and just wasn't feeling it at LA Fitness. And one weekend, he goes, I'm going to prove you wrong that you guys need me. So he decides to bounce. He decides not even to call in to say that he's not going to come in. So it's just me operating the club is me and there's a new hire and he's like on a second day of work and he he's like not cap- he doesn't know the, any of the prices or, or the process or anything so i have i'm responsible for hitting the same amount of sales during the week on the weekend and it's just me and this dude and i have to take everything that comes in the door and i have to be responsible for creating traffic myself to get people in and figuring out a way to make this happen and there's a like you have like a like a weekend percentage so you basically want to get 50% over quota for the weekend and that's a good weekend and a lot of people don't hit that number it's it's really ch- it's actually really challenging to hit that number because traffic really slows down on the weekends but um my manager didn't show up and it was just me and the new hire so i had to figure something out and i i worked my ass off i mean i worked a full uh 12 hour shift I just I worked from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. I was at the club all day. I had to order Postmates. I I didn't I wasn't even able to take a lunch break, like because I, I ate there and I had to scarf it down really quick just in case someone came in. But I was on the phone all day. I was hustling. I was talking to people coming in the club. I was just like doing whatever I possibly could to 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 make some sales to reach these numbers because I had a responsibility that fell on my shoulders. And then my manager, he's like, hey, I don't know if 
our if you know our let's let's say our assistant general manager. I don't want to call him out. Let's say his name is Robert, right? The assistant general manager. I don't think he's gonna come in, whatever. But if you do, if you can prove yourself this weekend, I'll put in a word to my boss, and we'll see if we can get you promoted. And but you have to hit a certain percentage for the weekend. If you hit this percentage, then I can put a good word in for you. But you have to hit that percentage, and it was a really high percentage. It was tough. It wasn't. It wasn't a. A number that people typically hit on a weekend. So Saturday, I'm hustling, I'm putting in work, and then we we end out we end on a good day, right? And I think Robert, my assistant general manager, I'm thinking he might even I thought he might have been sick. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know any of the drama that was going on. I had no idea. I was oblivious. Come Sunday, he doesn't even show up for a shift. I call my manager. I say, John, Robert's not here. And he goes, all right, man, are you prepared to do another 12-hour shift? And I said, let's do it. I can make it happen. And that day, I worked so hard. I got an energy drink. I usually don't drink energy drinks. Back then, I didn't. I'm starting to get into them a little bit more now. But I put I put my fucking big boy shoes on. And I, I remember I was just going ham on the phone, just calling up previous members calling up like um current members people that recently signed up asking if they have friends that might want to sign up there's a flash sale going on and like hooking people up i texted like almost everybody in my contacts does it do you or anyone you know need an la fitness membership i even put my own money and i purchased the la fitness membership for someone for their birthday um i did whatever it took like legitimately i, I was like i i'm gonna make this happen and i and i'll never forget like I'm calling my 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 manager John. I'm like, hey man, like this is where we're at. Like, all right, man, like you got you just gotta you have to basically end at sixty. I think it's like sixty one percent or sixty seven percent or something like that. Remember, like we have to hit at least fifty percent to have a good weekend for our numbers, right? And I I'll never forget. Like it's like crunch time within like the last like thirty to forty five minutes of the the gym about to close. I literally like closed like three sales and I stay like an extra 10 minutes as I waited for someone to come and sign up and I hit the number. I hit the 61% or 64% whatever it was and I told him, I said, Jonathan, I hit the number. I worked so hard and he was impressed and he put in a good word. And that's how basically that weekend was like the the, the biggest moment. On top of I, I was I was actually really crushing it beforehand. Like I was like number three in the district out of, out of forty. But like you know like whatever there's like we, we, there can be flukes. But that weekend really proved it. And I you know and under that pressure I was I was go time I was focused I didn't have this victim mentality I didn't think oh I, I give up no I went all in twelve hour shifts it didn't even feel like twelve hours I was just going ham just super hardcore so um, that's how I was able to get promoted to assistant general manager uh, in less than three months working at LA Fitness that's basically how it happened I got promoted two days before I hit my ninety day mark at LA Fitness and you know on your 90 day mark you get your benefits to be you know you get your medical benefits your dental benefits uh, all of that and i got promoted before i got that so very very i pride myself very much on that and it just goes to show like you know like i love situations where the pressure's on like i just i live for those moments when there's like not a lot of pressure like like to get things done to put my foot on the gas pedal i i feel lazy 
I have to like play games of myself to force myself to add pressure to get things done. I don't know what it is about it. Even I had this crazy, I had this crazy thing happen in December with my with my dad. Like I mean, coming home in this drunken rage, he was high on. Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say it because I might have family that listens to this. I don't want to say it, but he was drunk, and there was uh, he was crossfaded with something else, and he came in the house in a frenzy and came in yelling, "You motherfuckers never want to invite me to anything. Get the." F- fuck out of my house screaming at the top of his lungs breaking shit like the like, glass is breaking and i it's like 10 30 at night right i go to sleep at 8 30 it's 10 30 at night i hear glass breaking he is going bananas i'm like what the hell is going on he's in my mom's face screaming at the top of his lungs and my mom's trying to be logical with him i'm like mom you cannot talk to this man right now like we have to get the hell out of here immediately we don't know what the hell's gonna happen and he's like breaking stuff he is going so crazy he's like punching holes in the walls he's like kicking like uh he's like kicking holes in the walls as well like breaking the closet and and i have to run to my room and i have to gather my belongings and i'm looking around my room and i have my backpack i'm like okay like what else do i need to have my journal i have a couple books that i i really like um that i love uh, what else do i need i grab my 10x hat my grand cardone 10x hat and that was it i'm like if I never come back to this place again, like this is all I need and that I, I can't, I don't have time to think about anything else. I have to go on the other side of the house to make sure my dad doesn't hit my mom uh, because, you know, that's, there's been episodes of that growing up. We, I, I, I go, I run back to the room. My mom is taking forever to get her clothes. She's also trying to talk. I'm like, mom, like the more you talk, the worse it's going to get. Like we are in serious danger. Like if we do not get out of here right now. And like, she's like fumbling around to get her belongings together. And I'm like, mom, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. He's like on other sides of the house. And he's like, you just hear like glass breaking. And it's really insane. And he's just screaming. It's like an angry gorilla is in the house. Like legitimately, like an angry gorilla was in the house. And there's this hallway that, uh, there's a closet in the hallway of our house and my mom's like packing her stuff in. My dad kicked in the, the closet and it's hard to, you know, move it and and uh, for her to get her work uniforms. And, you know, my dad just, uh, you know, he says some words that I'll, I'll never forget, but it it, it ter- terrified me to say the least. It, I mean, it it was the most frightening thing I could have ever heard in my life. Um, I, I don't know if I'm legally allowed to say it. So I'm not going to say it for the sake of, you know, legal reasons, but it was, uh, it was very scary and just the fear heightened, um, tenfold once he said those words and I'm like, mom, hurry the hell up, hurry the hell up. You do not say anything to him. Hurry up, hurry up. And we're just, we're in there and, um, she gets her, she buys, she gets her bags and I'm like, all right, mom, we're in the room. I'm like, you do not say anything. You run out that door, okay? And she goes, all right. We we run to the front door, and like uh, we have like I open the door, and it requires effort to open the door because there's a bunch of glass and there's a bunch of things that are like um, blocking the way. So I have to like use force to open up the door and move everything out the way. She runs out the door. Um, my dad's just going bananas and she runs to her car. I run to my car. My mom works in downtown LA. Now that's actually like an hour and 20 minutes away from where I live. And 
I know she's going to go get a hotel out there. I got to I, I gotta find a place to sleep for the night because I'm not going out to L.A. And she runs to her car. She gets in there. And then I'm about to get in. And she goes, I got to go back inside. And I was like, oh, my God. The words that you don't want to hear because you don't know what's going to happen. I say, why? She says, I left my phone in there. I said, Mom, you get back in the car. I'm running inside. I'm going to go get your phone. So I run in the house, and I don't know where my dad is at, but I hear screaming. I hear breaking, and I don't know what room he's in. And there's been issues in the past as far as my mom and her phone, like, and my and my dad. Nothing that, like in a cheating sense, but like, you know, like he doesn't like her to be on social media, like Facebook and all that stuff. Like there's, there's been like really scary episodes, like like arguments revolving around that. And I knew if I grabbed the phone and he sees me with the phone, he's going to take the phone and smash it. And there goes my communication with her. She's going to be in downtown LA. I need to be, I need to have some kind of line to her to speak to her, to call her the next day to figure out what we're going to do. So I'm wearing boxer briefs. And I shove the phone in my boxer briefs along with the charger because I I can't let him see, like I can't let him see me having the phone. I don't know where he's at. He I don't see him, but he's screaming somewhere in the house. And I run out the door. I give her my mom is like like as I'm running out the door, she's literally backing up out the, out the driveway or backing out the driveway. I pass her the phone, and she jets. I sprint to my car. I get in and I'm like, oh my God, what happened? And I'm tripping out. I'm so scared. I call I call my brother-in-law. I call my sister first, but she's asleep. I call my brother-in-law. I say, hey man, like my dad just flipped out. Like, can I please have a place to stay? He says, no problem. And I drive down to his house and on the entire way there, I'm terrified mostly because I don't know if my dad's going to kill himself at this point. He is in such a crazy state and he's by himself. Like is like who knows what's going to happen. I don't know what is going to happen. He could and I no it's a serious thought. I really thought he was going to end it. I thought he was going to kill himself that night. I was really afraid that that was going to happen. So um, not like he's, he's never displayed signs of like suicidal thoughts, but like he, he's lived a rough life. He's lived like a very, very rough life. His mom used to literally tell him to his face, like, I hate you. And like he, like when they would go watch like, like when Star Wars first came out when he was growing up, like he, like his mom had his cousin distract my dad in the backyard and then said he had to go get something. And then left, and then like they all took off in the car to go to the movies and left my dad home alone. They didn't even tell him they're gonna go watch Star Wars. He didn't find out till later. And he, it was really rough. It was to the, it was so bad living at home. His parents, both of them, hated him. I don't know why. He doesn't know why. And it's it scars him till this day. And at twelve years old, he felt that it would be better to be homeless than to be living at home. So he became homeless and he, you know, he became homeless with his best friend and they needed each other and they, they needed to survive and they stayed in the neighborhood. And he said that his parents would drive by 
you know, with his siblings in the car and they wouldn't even look his way. You know, here he is, a kid, homeless, not living at home, driving by, not even look his way. And then that's when my dad got into gangs, started going really crazy, um, just like, uh, you know, became a juvenile, you know, started going to, you know, juvenile hall and um, that just kickstarted his uh, his life of crime. And then, um, as a matter of fact, it wasn't until I was born, literally until I was born, where he decided to change his life around. And I think he was 32 at the time. But, it, you know, he has a lot of programming that he has from growing up. And, you know, it, it's hard to overcome that. You know, it's hard to just flip that switch. Because you have, like, you have... Like your brain has, your brain is different because it's how to figure out a way to survive. And there's triggers that go off that like force you to do things that you just don't have control of. Like you, you can't help it. So I don't blame him like for, you know, the domestic violence episodes growing up. Like I don't blame him. I know it sounds crazy, but I mean, I, I'm just like, just have some empathy. Like, yo, like this guy is doing the best with what he has. And despite all of that, he loves his kids to like to the max. And he supported us. You know, he, he wasn't uh, a deadbeat dad. I'm really happy to have him as my dad. And he, you know, despite his childhood, he, he did his best to make sure that me and my younger sister live a good life. Live a life that he wished he had. Whenever we asked for something, he was more than happy to get it for us, if he could. Because his parents never bought him anything. And that's his way of showing us love. Because his parents were like, nope, nope, can't have that. Nope, just hated him. So he gets so much joy giving us stuff because his parents never bought him anything. As a matter of fact, his mom, my grandma, died a year after my dad went homeless. She died in a car accident. In a coma. And, you know, that still hurts him to this day. Hurts him to this day. Sometimes he'll get drunk and he'll be like, my own mom didn't love me. Says it all the time. Every single time he drinks. He doesn't drink anymore. Thank God, you know, like after that episode that I just I just talked about, that craziest episode, um, he decided to give it up. He, he, he gave up alcohol. And the crazy thing is, it's like now he's like uh, he, he's turned to, to Jesus, which is good. You know, like you, you need, you need something. You need to have faith. You need to have, you got to have some like, you have to draw from something bigger than yourself to help you out of like, to make sense of everything. Like, even though that's not my beliefs, like I, like, man, do what you got to do to make sense of your life. And I'm not judging. Like, if you believe that, like, that's cool. Like, I don't, I don't care. Believe it. That's fine. I'm not going to tell you, like, I'm not going to argue at all. I'm never going to argue unless you're, like, really, like, going hard and trying to prove me wrong. Like, dude, like, I'm not going to go in and attempt to prove you wrong. Like, it, it, first of all, it's a waste of, it's a, waste of a conversation because you're not going to convince me. I'm not going to convince you. Like, why don't we just agree that, like, why don't we just settle it? Like, hey, like, we have different beliefs and we can just still get along. And have a conversation despite those beliefs. That's fine. 
but a lot of people can be very dogmatic with that and i i i I had to be really really firm with um with my own mother because she's like extremely extremely christian to the max to the max as a matter of fact shout out to my mama she just graduated from like this uh christian school i think she's gonna she's trying to be a pastor you know what i'm saying like even her her um my mom like uh her first marriage her husband was murdered in prison um it's crazy stuff you know and you know she used to smoke weed every day and and drink and um she she was crazy in her own sense but like she's a very lovable character i love my mom to death um just very silly goofy i can ask for i can ask for better parents I'm, I'm actually really lucky to have them because despite all of that, like the, the big, the biggest thing is like, they let me be me. Whatever I wanted to do, they supported me 100%. They never forced me. They never put me in sports. They were never like, you got to do this. No, they let me be me. If I, when I was in seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade, I used to ride my bike. Like in like summer, I'll just go on my bike and I'd ride around and I'd go to the park, I'd play basketball, I'd have fun with my friends, come back when I wanted to. Not like I wouldn't come home like I wanted to in the morning because I I was too afraid to do that. Um I couldn't ride my bike in the in the dark. Um because just out of fear. But you know they they let me be me and they supported me in everything I did. Everything. Like when I was in high school I, I had actually a really awesome business I used to sell Kool-Aid gummy bears. Um, like people used to sell candy at school, but me being like one of like three or four black people at my high school, I used to I used to make these Kool-Aid gummy bears because like man these are bomb. And someone just in our class was like, bro, you should sell these. I said for real. He's like, sell them. I said all right. I started selling them, and then next thing you know, I'm making money. Like I'm I'm a, I'm a monopoly. And I got the credibility, you know what I'm saying? Kool-Aid gummy bears. I used to sell out like by third period, which is like 10 a.m. I couldn't even make it to like the end of the day. Like I would like literally on the first break, like people like I've never even seen before would come up to me and just give me money for Kool-Aid gummy bears. And I'll be like, I'm like, I don't even know who you are. Who do you know like that gave you some of these? (laughs) I had no idea. I had a strong ass base. Very successful business, uh, especially as a high school kid. You know, I was making like $240 a week, which is great for a high school kid. I had to stop that business because I uh, I hated doing the I hated the process. Two hours a night making Kool-Aid gummy bears because it had to be it had to be just right. There was a certain way I made them, and that process was grueling. I hated it. So there was only I, was, I just was pushed to a certain limit, and I stopped doing it. Um, so that was that successful business. They supported me 100% with that. And never, never stressed out about grades. Never that. I, I failed geometry. I failed algebra too. And um, I, I did really terrible. I got I got a D in history. And I never heard anything from them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy. <laughs> Not looking back at that, right? Looking back. But like they were a little bit like they were like, you know, they were a little disciplined about school. Like, don't get, don't, because I was a, I was a class clown. I used to 
get on my teacher's nerves like crazy. I would crack jokes all the time. As a matter of fact, I remember one time in ninth grade, there was this, uh, we had a substitute teacher and she looked Jewish to me. So I just spent like the whole class cracking jokes about how she looks like a Jew. Now I have nothing against Jews, but to me, like that, th- I thought those jokes were hilarious and, you know, we just picked on her and, you know, it's a little, a little, you know, snot nose like brat, you know, for doing that. But, you know, that's that, like they were they would have talks about me behaving in class. That was that was it. It wasn't necessarily about my grades. Never talked about, uh, you know, college, really, to be honest with you. But um, and then going into 10th grade, I started I was like, well, I go to I go to parties all the time. Let me see if I can make some money selling vodka gummy bears at parties. Now, this is where the entrepreneurship kicked in because at school, it was easy. You know, I was I was popular. Um, it was funny because I can do good in groups of people. I was terrible one-on-one. I couldn't talk. I couldn't talk to anybody one-on-one. It was tough. But I, I you know, used some vodka that we had and I made these cool, I made these vodka gummy bears and I would go to this, I went to this party. I did this one time. It was this party and I'm like going around and I'm like nervous. I didn't expect to be nervous. I thought it was going to be like, like handing out hotcakes, like just how it was with the Kool-Aid gummy bears. But people didn't want to buy them. I was like, what the hell? And I remember maybe asked like four people and I, and I got four no's in a row and I stopped. I stopped asking people. I was like, so in my head, I'm like, oh, people don't want these. And that night, I my mom was texting me. She's like, "That you're, <laughs> this is funny." She's like, "What are you doing? Like, you're, that's illegal. You shouldn't be doing that. That's illegal." But like, she didn't. She didn't ever punish me. She's like, she was just like, "Be careful. Like, that's illegal. What you're doing? Like, you're underage. You're selling vodka gummy bears. Like, dude. Like, what's going on?" And rightfully so, as a mother tending for her child who's in tenth grade, how old in tenth grade? Like, 13, 14 years old. Here I am selling vodka gummy bears at a party. But she she never she never like hit me or put me on punishment for that. Just it was just like um, you know whatever. Anyway, I went on a huge 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 rant there, all to say, man, it's it's been a wild wild journey, and this. Me today, I just finished my funnel for Morning Hustlers 2.0. And this morning, oh, <laughs> I remember what I, the point I was going to make. Performing under pressure. You remember that? You remember when I was talking about that like 50 minutes ago? Performing under pressure. Yeah, the big, um, when, when I was, when I was in the house and my dad's going, bananas right i i felt like um i it's weird i didn't feel like i was in this like crazy frenzy panic mode i was just like in a get this done get this done we like we have to make moves right now let's go bam and it's funny because you know usually like in those moments like where's the room to think right like where like you you're afraid for your life and your mom's life and your dad's life you're afraid for everybody's lives that are that are in there and like where where is the time to think? Like you're basically running on instincts, like your primal instinct to survive, and we're in like fight or flight mode to the max, and 100% in flight mode. Definitely not gonna fight. And like in that moment, like I remember literally thinking, "I'm this is not me. I'm not making shit. I'm not making this shit up." I remember thinking, "Man, 
this is going to be a crazy story to tell. <laughs> like, this is a story that I'm going to tell someday. And, uh, you know, we, we got out, we made it out safe. My dad, he's still alive today. And, um, you know, things are going good. But uh, pressure, pressure is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. The more pressure I can add, the more I know that I'm going to excel. There's this, there's this theme in my life over and over and over again. Even when I committed to doing a Derek boot camp and I was on the phone with the sales rep. And I, he told me, you're going to have three payments of $700 in the next three months. Does that sound good? And I had no idea how I was going to make the payments. No idea. Like I knew I have a sales job, but I literally had a lot of money like in regular bills. Now I have to figure out how to, like on top of that, make an extra like $700 in sales. That's a lot of sales I have to make. And I said, yeah, let's do it. And it was that pressure that forced me to to make something happen. And then at Derek's business conference out in March, you know, he closes me on stage as far as paying for his money work mentoring. And I commit. I was making like $1,000, maybe $1,200 a month working part-time for my brother-in-law as I'm working to build my business. And here I am adding on another $800 to my, to my bill, my monthly bill. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I trust that I'm going to figure it out. I was afraid. I was terrified. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen, but something has to happen. And that was right before my mastermind was going to launch. I'm like, well, let's see how, how well the mastermind does. And, you know, of course, the mastermind did well. And I was able to pay, you know, the monthly payment. And then I launched uh, the founding members for Morning Hustlers. There goes another payment. And then I'm literally taking it month by month. Like, okay, now I have my monthly subscription for Morning Hustlers. Okay, what's next? Oh, let me figure out how to get more traffic. Well, how am I get more traffic? I guess I'll figure it out. I got my course that I purchased from Stu McLaren, but the next the marketing modules don't release until the 28th, and with, which is in nine days. So I got to figure out how to, like, some kind of marketing between now and then. So, like, you're literally on this journey with me, like, Figuring out, like, how am I going to make this payment each and every single month? And I refuse to to lose. Like, I'm just, all right, like, let's add on the pressure. That's the only way to, obviously, the only way to get myself to do things. Because if not, I'll just default to laziness and do nothing. And today, I, I had to do, I had a few things that had to tie up with my with my funnel. And I didn't, there was a, I didn't want to do a lot of it. I, I don't like sitting down on my computer and, and doing uh, like really mundane, boring tasks, but they were tasks I had to get done. I got them done. The pressure's on. Pressure is such a beautiful thing. I owe a lot to to pressure. Um, so anyway, you can figure out how to add more pressure to your life, whether that's internally, externally. Uh, both are both work well. Um, you you got to figure out what motivates you. you. You have to generate it yourself. You have to put on more responsibility than you think you're ready for see the thing is it's like we tend to talk ourselves out of things but like what if like imagine that i want you to put yourself in my shoes for a second imagine you have no idea how you're gonna pay an extra 853 dollars a month to this man for the next five months you have no idea and you're committing and you say all right i applied for a credit card in the back 
I apply for American Express card. I got a proof for $1,000. I put $997 on the credit card. And I was like, I'm going to figure it out. And I and I have been. And, you know, I, I do have the full confidence. I, I have like, I have some money that I, I not at the time I didn't. At, the, at that time I didn't. Now I have some money. It's like, if the shit hits the fan, like I can use this. So I'm going to go on the, I'm going to go on the program no matter what. You know, granted, I don't die between now and October. And um, it's like, what, what, where, do you, where do you have to do that for yourself? Where do you have to commit? What do you have to say yes to? Which, what are you afraid of? And I understand. I know what it's like to be afraid. I know what it's like to go to sleep stress. Not, and the answers aren't apparent. The answers are not going to be apparent to you. You're not going to know. But it was the commitment. It was this decision first, and I don't regret it because now it's like, oh, the money, the Moneyberg mentoring, no matter what, it's going to get paid off. It's going to get paid off, um, which is amazing. Anyway, this was a lovely podcast. I really like this one. I'm excited for tomorrow. I'm excited to onboard my my people, and it's going to be an amazing journey. This is an amazing journey. I can't wait to dive into the marketing. That's for sure. I know I'm going to be great at it. I'm going to learn a lot. But I definitely know I have the characteristics, the leadership, the community to make it happen. I got the support system. So I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for coming along the journey with me. And most importantly, I want to help you too. I want to help you accomplish your goals because this doesn't feel good if I'm doing this by myself. That's why I built this community so I can see other people's progress so I can see what they're doing and I can cheer them on. That's amazing. Getting paid to do that. (laughs) Creating your own job. I can't believe it. I literally can't believe it. Being this kid that had this like low self-esteem growing up afraid just this that's the big that's just the word right there afraid fearful and here we are uh i can't believe that it's me it's not to brag but it's kind of a bit of a miracle to be honest with you and i don't i don't take that for granted I I think about that all the time. And I'm very grateful for it. Because a lot of people in my life, you know, cousins, old friends, not not necessarily my high school friends. I'm not talking about them. They're 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 gonna they're comfortable, which is good. They don't have to worry about their survival or anything like that. But, you know, older friends. Um, just on a path to nowhere. nowhere at all and i that could have been me it could have easily been me but i made it out somehow with my background with a dad that's a crip went to prison four times with a mom didn't graduate from high school ex-husband murdered in prison favorite uncle snort like he still to this day, like he still takes speed, alcoholic, lives in lives in Long Beach in the riverbed. 
figures out how to survive. He loves it. Like, genuinely. He loves it. It's pretty... He's an interesting character. People don't believe me when I say that stuff. People don't believe me when I talk about Uncle Jody. They 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 they, they um, just keep saying, get him help, get help for him, let him stay at your house. He doesn't want to. <laughs> he doesn't want to. As a matter of fact, here's a little bit more about Uncle Jody. Uncle Jody, for his birthday, one time we gave him like three different gift cards, like KFC, Little Caesars, and um, I, I forgot. There was another thing, like, oh, so he can make sure he eats. He he turned down two of those gift cards. He says, I don't like those places. I don't I don't want those gift cards. <laughs> We're like, Uncle Jody, you're homeless, dude. You're you are the last person on earth to be picky. He's like, I don't want to eat that. Um amazing, amazing uh guy to bring around, especially when you're like dating somebody. Uh, he's he's hilarious. Anyway, I gotta get to bed. Um, super excited to talk to my morning hustlers about morning hustlers 2.0. I'm excited that you're joining me on this journey, and we'll see where this where this goes. You know, ten thousand members. That's that's what I'm aiming for. Ten thousand members. Let's make it happen. Let's bring let's bring in the biggest young entrepreneur um group that that exists. So. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you joining on this journey. And hopefully you're on the journey with me to uh, just smash these goals. Let's live this life of freedom. Peace out.